everybody, it's Amber Love and welcome to a special video episode of Vodka Clock Podcast. And um, don't forget that you can get caught up on all the audio podcasts at amberunmasked.com and you can subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher. And to keep the show going, just go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked and you can pledge as little as a dollar per week there. So today I want to talk about kind of a very specific problem that the comic convention circuit seems to be having. Now, I say comics, but um, really this could be anywhere. It could be at any convention type. You may have seen the news that people were very upset with Bill Willingham and how he handled a panel at Gen Con. Just go to the Mary Sue and other blogs like that. You'll be able to find all the details. So instead of just talking about the problems with Willingham and that specific panel, I just wanted to bring up some tips and things to bear in mind when you're planning panels and how to make them better. Right off the bat, you should not have inappropriate moderators and panelists for whatever your subject is. We've now seen it several times that there were all male panels for feminist topics. No one is saying men can't talk about women's issues. But the problem is when they are the only voice of feminist issues. It's like having a whole panel on Native American topics and then not inviting any Native Americans to the panel. So really the only time that this sort of behavior is acceptable is if the subject matter is extinct, if it doesn't exist anymore, or if there's literally no way to get a speaker from that world there. Like if there's, you know, you're talking about something very specific to South America or some other part of the world and there's no way you're going to fly somebody in for it and then deal with language barriers. You know, okay, then you're going to be talking about things more academically and in a historical context. But when 40% of your geek fandom is women, then, you know, you might really want to just see how obviously stupid it is to plan something like that. So in the case of Gen Con, they were alerted to the possible all-male panel talking about women and they resolved it before the convention. Now here's what was weird about that. They planned their panels and then didn't tell the panelists what the topics were. When people were invited as guests, they were just agreeing to being on panels, but they weren't actually told what the panels were when they were agreeing to this in order to be a guest status, which is a really big deal for creators. So again, number one, make sure that your moderator and your panelists are appropriate for your topic. Number two, this is an easy one. Having too many panelists, it's really hard for a moderator to do their job of letting everybody speak and making sure that nobody feels left out. I've watched a couple panels at San Diego Comic-Con because I've never been there, so at least usually people record them and they do get up online. There have been panels with like seven or eight people and really you never hear from certain people again after they've given their introduction as to who they are. That's just not really acceptable. Keep your panels limited to four, maybe five for the best optimal panel. Number three, when moderators and panelists hog the microphone, it's another chance for people to not actually get the chance to speak. Everybody's really seen this and they complain about it or you know, they, maybe they've been on the panel and they're like, well, I never got to talk. Okay, so again, the moderator has a job. It's not always an easy job, but part of that is making sure that all the panelists get to speak. I was at one at a really small show where the first question was, how did you get into comics? And it should have just kind of been like, 
an easy thing like well I read them as a kid I decided to go to art school and I started making comics and then I got my big break at whatever publishing house but this particular panelist just really 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 liked to talk and it was going on like 15 minutes of his entire life story so it just you know it, the moderator needs to figure out either how to ask the question the best possible way um, like what was your break into comics instead of how did you get into comics or just try to figure out how to politely cut somebody off when they are hogging the microphone like that number four when the moderator doesn't present a welcoming mood right off the bat and this was again coming from the gen con write-ups that i saw that right away the moderator came in and kind of barked at people that's not what people are there for <laughs> people are there because they're interested in a subject and they're really interested in who the panelists are or maybe they never heard of them and they really want to get to know what it's about so being at a convention means being friendly and being welcoming. Number five, panelists or whoever derail the topic. Um, this is kind of easy to, you know, it's easy to have happen, but again, it's up to the moderator to reel the person in. And sometimes um, you might get bickering between panelists, which you don't really want to shut down because you want people to have their opinions. But at the same time, you need to keep things grounded and under control and on topic. So if you find that as a speaker, you might be going on and on and on. And trust me, I know conventions are exhausting and sometimes you just lose your train of thought. There's nothing wrong with saying, OK, I forget where I was going with this. It happens. Alrighty, number six, no time for questions. That's kind of a bummer. It doesn't mean that it was badly moderated necessarily, but um, it does happen that People stand up at the microphones and they're excited to just ask a question and they never get the chance to. Now, number seven is questions from the audience are so combative and argumentative that no one can be heard. Again, this is kind of a moderator problem. Now, a lot of times the panelists are really strong personality kind of people. So um, you can see how personalities might clash or people get defensive. So it's kind of typical sometimes for for fans to be argumentative that way now when like the case of an all-male panel and a woman gets up to the microphone and says why is this an all-male panel um, that's not really being argumentative um, but at the same time you can kind of see how it might set some people off and really what are they gonna say was well I was invited to this panel they don't really know the organization of the convention behind the scenes so it's a little bit hard to address those kind of topics directly in that setting other than to get up to the microphone and say, um, listen, I came here to see, you know, XYZ and you people aren't representative of that. You know, is there, did you know about that before you got here? You know, there's kind of ways to do it. Again, think about it. Think about the situation. Think about who the moderator is. Did they do their job or did they not do their job? And the organizers are not necessarily there in the panel room. So that is a question, you know, get out on Twitter and get out on the blogs and point this stuff out. But again, getting, you know, up to a microphone and saying, I hate what you did to Spider-Man and you ruined my childhood. I mean, that's really just, it's just something people are going to make fun of later. Number eight, the moderator should be respected and should deserve respect. But again, the moderator has to be appropriate for the conversation. 
So when there's no control of the discussion going on, that's the moderator's fault. The moderator holds a different position than the panelists. And I think very often that becomes a gray area and it really should be distinctive. So if the person has never been a moderator before, they might not even realize what goes into it. Okay, number nine. People are not told the topic when they agree to be panelists and they're just there part of the, as part of the guest contract. So again, this happened at Gen Con. I'm sure Gen Con is not unique. Um, if it happened there, it's probably happening all over the place. Every weekend there's like several conventions just in the US. So I can only imagine that this is a problem going on everywhere. If you are a convention organizer, you cannot possibly work on a schedule and not have your topics worked out. Number 10, room problems. Room problems come with a whole list of concerns. There's things like people can't find it maybe because the schedule got changed or they just can't find it because the layout is confusing. I had gone to special edition con and people told me they didn't even know where the panel rooms were. They were right inside the door, but if you went into the through the front door and you hung a left instead of going straight, you would have missed it. So things like that make sure that there's signs everywhere. Um, no air conditioning. This is a huge problem. It was really bad in Brooklyn at FlameCon. People were falling asleep in our audience and I'm pretty sure they were just there to rest. I don't really know <laughs> because it certainly wasn't a refreshing rest, but when you can look out into your audience and see people sleeping and you're dripping with sweat, there's definitely a problem. Um, there's not always something they can do about it because apparently like at that particular location they said that the air conditioners were running it's just that it was a ridiculously old historic building and it was horribly uncomfortable okay other things the panel room being too small um, on vodka clock episode 1437 um, there's recording of a New York comic-con panel that's the big show in October now this show is an, this uh, recording was an example of some of these problems that I'm talking about the room was way too small. The panelists, there were way too many for that panel. And uh, not everybody got a chance to speak. It was just uncomfortable. And also the title of the panel had nothing to do with what was being discussed. So again, when we're talking about panel rooms, make sure people can find it. Make sure that the AC is working. Make sure that is the appropriate size. Audio and video. This um, might not be something that you can control completely depending on where you're setting your venue. But again, New York Special Edition was terrible. The audio, um, I recorded them, I did my best. There was really nothing that I could do to make those any better. But it was a hard time hearing, just being a listener in the audience and hearing one panel when a curtain divider was the only thing separating the panel rooms. All we could hear was the screaming and shouting from the neighboring panel room. So, you know, bad audio is terrible. Not having enough microphones is another thing. Now that's going to happen when the audio people just aren't with it. It's part of the bad audio problem. There's either too many people on your panel or there's something slacking. Um, in New York Special Edition, for example, they kept a reasonable size panel, like cutoff. I think they had maybe four or five. It was really optimal. So why were there cases where people were sharing microphones? It's just didn't make any sense, especially when they've got these guys running these big giant audio boards in the back. Okay, number 11. This has to do again with rooms, but just overall, it needs to be handicapped accessible. 
It's obviously going to be really hard in historic buildings like FlameCon was, but um, I've been reading the Twitter feed and seeing that people are complaining that they're having accessibility issues at Gen Con. So this is a huge concern, especially if you're in a modern building, it should be there and people should be able to find it and it should be located on your program maps. So again, I was just at a really small show in New Jersey and the map in the program wasn't the best. So your maps should also indicate where things like handicapped accessibility, elevators or entrances and bathrooms are. Number 12, if the panel topic doesn't really seem to make any sense. Like I said, in episode 1437, this was a good example. It was called the Mary Do or Kill panel. Now my friends actually ran this panel and I had no influence on it whatsoever. I wasn't on the panel, so I literally am not picking on them, but it was a good example of when things go badly. Uh, everybody enjoyed it. So it's not like the panel content was bad, but Mary Do Kill is a PG way of saying Mary Fuck Kill. It's an old party game where you sit around, you name a person or a character you're talking about, you know, Name three people. Who would you marry? Who would you kill? And who would you go home fucking? So that was the name of this panel and it had nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. It was supposed to be about shattering female stereotypes. Why on earth would you reduce it to marry do kill? It was just really insulting and really misleading and I, I couldn't even figure it out. So again, there are vagary problems too. Like women in comics or women in games? Are you talking about the current women? Are you talking about historical creators who have made pioneering, you know, strides? Are you talking about the characters? Women in blank needs to go the fuck away, okay? And that's the same for whatever fill in the blanks you wanted to have there for your Mad Libs. Um, if you're going to talk about body image in gaming? Are you talking about the people and the harassment that real people go through? Or are you talking about the characters? Okay, make sure that your panel names make sense. And the last one, not specifying to the panelists or the moderator whether something is supposed to be family friendly or all ages appropriate, whether they need to tone things down to like a PG level or not. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to tell, but um, when we're talking about things like harassment, people are going to maybe feel that it's okay to talk about the gross gory details and should a six-year-old be listening to that? I don't know. It's up to you as a parent, but I do think that there should be some guidance as to what the subject matter will be and it should be indicated in your programs or website descriptions or something. Somebody needs to have an idea of what is okay to be discussed. So anyway, that's just 13 ideas that I had for how to make panels at conventions better. And uh, if you have any more, feel free to comment and I will keep it in mind. Maybe we can come up with another list for a second part of this episode. And thank you for listening. Thank you for going to patreon.com slash amberunmasked to sponsor the show. And everything else is at amberunmasked.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber. 